0: After consecutive losses for only the second time this season, the Winnipeg Jets were looking for a quality rebound against a struggling Nashville Predators team. Now, the Jets definitely outplayed their opponents, but thanks to amazing goaltending, the scoreline was a lot closer than it should have been. We'll walk through some really good notes and a couple of points of concern uh, about this game on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked on Jets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLocal and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, the the Jets did play the Preds yesterday, and the game wasn't really close. On one hand, but on the other, the score line made it look like a very different outing. Um, you know, the Jets barely won two to one, and it was an overtime victory. And yet, when you look at the shot counter, you look at the expected goals charts, you look at the individual performances on Winnipeg's uh, roster you'll start to understand that, quite honestly, the Jets dummied the Preds for like 45 to 50 minutes. This game was uh, a bit of a slow start. You know, the first 10 or so minutes, the Jets um, <clears throat> and the Preds, to be honest, weren't really super fast or active. Uh, the Preds ended up striking first on uh, a bit of a lucky shot from uh, Philip Forsberg, which, you know, his his ability to sort of pull goalies and pick those corners, that's just how he operates. So, you know, he is incredibly skilled, Not really what you want to see, though. First shot on goal goes in. Obviously, Hellebuck, past couple of games, hasn't had his A game necessarily, which, you know, for him, I I think you can certainly forgive him. He's been bailing the Jets out on numerous occasions this year. So he's kind of allowed to have a couple of games here and there where maybe he's not uh, at his completely sharpest. But, you know, the Jets really needed him to stand tall and kind of answer the bell in this game even though Nashville didn't really do all that much. Uh, In general, the Preds had to settle for a lot of perimeter shots, and I think Winnipeg did a good job of disrupting most of their offensive zone cycles and making clean defensive zone exits. The only instances where that wasn't necessarily the case came in some uh, individual breakaways and opportunities for guys like Cody Glass and a few other players There were um, some net mouth scrambles late in the game where Nashville was really pushing and the Jets maybe got a little bit fortunate that the puck either deflected just wide or um, Hellebuck was able to get a glove out or something to stop the shot and make sure that there were no rebounds. So overall, Winnipeg controlled this game after the first 10 10 minutes of slow periods. um, The Jets really took off and just never looked back. The top six dominated. The bottom line stood really well. Gagne got moved back into the top six, and that seemingly worked. Uh, as much as we really enjoy watching Isamont, Michael just hasn't had, I would say, the the best performances against really tough matchups. In even in this game, I thought he was just kind of average, um, which you sort of expect, right? Isamont is for the most part uh, a middle six player, maybe a guy that you would be looking for your third or fourth line. Where I think, I think that'll be where he can kind of make his money against weaker, weaker competition. Uh, he, he's he been, you know, deputized as a top six player, but that's not really his ideal spot. Gagne at least has more experience playing this sort of role. And it, you know, that that level of veteran savvy and experience that he has, plus the skill that he brings, ended up panning out and giving the Jets uh, some really nice shifts with with him on the ice. In terms of really good things, overall, the Jets, again, dominated this this Preds team. The only reason that the scoreline wasn't, you know, 5-1 or something, was Saros. I mean, Saros made so many 10-bell saves. He's you know, Stone Cold robbed uh, a number of Jets players, including Kyle Connor. Um I think he had a robbery on Josh Morrissey. Just a ton of amazing saves and stuff that Winnipeg really just has to tip its cap and say it is what it is. I thought the Jets' power play also had some really good puck movement. It looked like they were at times even on the power play at 5v5. I mean, the Jets were kind of going globe trotters against the Preds' defense. Nashville just looked very slow, wasn't really able to keep up. If you actually ask me what it reminded me of, it reminded me of watching the Jets over the past few years, where Winnipeg was would be very slow, not able to exit cleanly. They spend five minutes in their own end, but Hellebuck ultimately saves them. That's basically what playing this Preds team was like in yesterday's yesterday's game, where Saros was the only thing standing between Nashville and a horribly embarrassing scoreline. Uh, but I think it does highlight the need for the Jets to probably look for one to two forwards, especially with uh, some of the injuries that the Jets are continuing to sustain. Wheeler had a shot go uh, towards his groin area and missed You know, a couple of shifts late in the game. Thankfully, he came back for the third period and, and was kind of okay. Uh, didn't look 100%, though. I, I thought he looked a little um, restrained and, and struggled to move around a bit. But you know, Schmidt, of course, went out of the game. He got clocked, and that was pretty bad. Uh, a nasty hit from Tanner Jeanneau. And so you know the defense is going to be tested here as well, but... The Jets could do a lot to alleviate the pressure on the back end and also help themselves in the goal scoring department by adding another finisher. Uh, That remains kind of one of the biggest needs. Um, And I think everyone, you know, on Twitter and myself included, we're all kind of honing in on Timo Meyer. I think Meyer, for me is the guy that I would really target. He's a superstar player. He would legitimately change how the Jets top six operates. I think he'd be a dominant force. Uh, he's great in transition; he's an extremely elusive skilled playmaker, and he's got a monster release um Now, the question is you know is he going to be a rental or a long term option? He will be a free agent after this year, and I think the Jets would be wise to consider you know maybe offering him a huge contract. He's the kind of player that I would extend long term He is much better than most other free agents, and certainly much better than most players the Jets could even acquire whether through free agency or a trade. So I think Winnipeg has to think long and hard about it. I think Meyer would be a phenomenal player for the Jets, however long he plays. It's just a longer question of with Winnipeg being around for you know two years uh, with this competitive window of Hellebuck still being signed, how can they make the most of it? And would Meyer being locked up long term be fine? You just sort of take it as it is. You get him signed you uh, look at the remaining cap space, you figure out Hellebuck's next contract and kind of go from there, right? Maybe start to uh, turn over a few spots, but overall, you know, retool on the fly and put this team in a better uh, spot to compete over the next two years and beyond. So I think the Jets so far can definitely take care of business against teams like Nashville. The next question and next step for them is, you know, once you arrive in the postseason, you start seeing Vegas and some of these other squads what will this team do? And I think that is still a little bit of a, a a question even now we're still seeing some, you know, signs of um, somewhat inconsistent performance, which you sort of expect from the jets. That's not really surprising. So a long road ahead. Winnipeg has many, many more months of hockey to get through. And honestly, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I've been excited about this season. And so far, the jets really haven't disappointed whatsoever. Now, in between, of course, we're going to continue our quarterly report cards. We have just a few more, uh, you know, check-ins to go through. A couple of players and some coaching staff thoughts on how the Jets and Rick Bonus have gotten along so far, and uh, you know, giving our early scores on what has been a sensational start to the year. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out a, a really important thing for a lot of you, especially as you're traveling from, uh, you know, to and from your families. Some of you might be celebrating with some alcohol, and you need to be careful, especially when it comes to getting behind the wheel. You might be hanging out with some friends and putting back a few. You've had a few uh, too many drinks, and you start thinking about, well, how am I going to get home? Maybe you're thinking about calling a cab, but then you say, well, no, I'm only a few miles away at most. I can drive home, right? And you get behind the wheel. You're thinking, well, if I get pulled over, what could really happen? You know, maybe I get a point on my license. Maybe my insurance goes up. But you need to start thinking about it a little bit more. You know, your your license and your ability to drive is, at this point, the least of your worries. You might lose your job, you might total your car, and you might even kill somebody, especially if you get into a very serious accident. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, and the results are tragic and often deadly. But that doesn't stop everyone from making the right decision and putting the keys away. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. If you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or somebody else's. Drive sober or get pulled over. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We just finished talking about the Jets versus the Preds, in which Winnipeg basically mollywopped Nashville, uh, which was really nice to see. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get rewarded with as many goals, which was really stinky because Yusis decided he was going to be hella buck for a day. But, you know, as long as the Jets got the win, that's all that really mattered. And they got it in a, a pretty dominant fashion. So, yay, up the Jets. Glad to see they rebounded. This team, I tell you, really is resilient. Now, kind of moving ahead, I thought, in you know, in between now and when the Jets are going to play Vancouver on uh, Saturday, I still wanted to talk about our quarterly progress reports. Uh, we have a few more grades to assign for the Jets, um, including a couple of defenders for Winnipeg. But before we get into into that, I just wanted to say, you know, I want you to make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today. It's another great podcast from our wonderful network, and it brings you the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Locked On Sports Today always helps you to go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts providing you insights that only Locked On can offer. Locked On Sports Today is available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, same as where Locked On Jets is. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. Circling off and and kind of rounding out the last couple of uh, defenders for our quarterly progress reports, this is going to be a relatively brief part just because, um, you know, this is the third pairing, right? So one player, we'll we'll start with a guy who probably has the biggest sample size to work with. That's Nate Schmidt. Schmidt, for me, I think is going to get like a B-minus this year. Uh, So far, he's just been okay. Offensively, we're seeing him skate well. He's creating good passing and shooting lanes. He's jumping into the rush and getting involved. And I think he's doing a lot of transition work. Where I kind of have had issues with his performance is that, you know, everything that he does isn't really moving the needle for the Jets, which is not really surprising. But, you know, he's being paid like, what, five to six million. So that cap hit is pretty big. Uh, when he arrived, I was a lot more excited about his prospects of being a really fun offensive defender. I think since we've seen him be decent, but maybe not outstanding, I've kind of cooled on you know how much of a role I see him playing with this team. I think he could definitely do a job on the power play. I think his even strength puck movement is still very useful. It's just, I think it's kind of in, in a similar vein to Pionk, where the stuff that he struggles with defensively and the lack of elite offensive output in his case, it's it's put him in a tougher spot. You know, Pionk definitely produces tons of points, and that is something that has gone in his favor more often than not. Schmidt, he does score a little bit, but it's not really at like an elite level. So I, I think with how his season has gone, um I think a B minus is fair. Unfortunately, he did get hurt in this game, and I'm hoping that it's going to be short term, because even though he hasn't really been outstanding, He's done enough to be pretty decent, right? You know, he's anchoring that third pairing. He's doing a solid job. And I think that for, you know, for what it's worth is is decent value, even if it's not really what the Jets were hoping to get out of him. So, yeah, an OK-ish to mediocre season for him. Maybe he'll turn it on in a few weeks when the Jets maybe make some acquisitions and, and add a few more offensive threats. But I suspect what we're seeing with Schmidt is probably what you're going to have for the rest of the season. Now, the next player that we're going to talk about is Dylan Sandberg. Um, And for Sandberg, I'm going to give him a B minus as well. I think Sandberg is definitely in the boat of being a player who's still figuring out his way at the NHL level. And you can see him do some stuff that's really solid. Um, You know, he's got some of those physical traits that Brendan Dylan does. You know, he likes to block shot lanes. He likes to intercept players along the walls. You'll see him cutting off uh, puck movement and trying to shut down cycles and he does it pretty well at times, but you also see those moments of rookie, you know, decision making where maybe he tries to skate through some opposing skaters that he doesn't realize are are coming to pressure him. He might make a bad pass that turns into a goal against. Maybe his marking isn't elite. There's a lot of things about his game that are still kind of a you know an in progress thing, so to speak. Uh, which you expect, right? He's a very young player. He's only getting his NHL reps now, so. I'm trying not to be too harsh on him. I think he's got plenty of room to grow. And I think at the very least, he'll be a really solid, you know, number four, maybe number five defender. And I think, you know, for the Jets, that's pretty darn good value. I, I do wish that maybe we'd see a little bit more assertive assertiveness on the puck from him. I think that he has offensive ability that so far, has been a little bit untapped, but maybe the first thing is just getting him acclimated to this level and making good decisions, especially under pressure and when the Jets need to make zone exits. I'd be curious to know what you think of our, our defense and how these guys have done, especially with respect to Schmidt and, and uh, Sandberg. I skipped Stanley just because he hasn't really played a lot recently, so I want to give him a little bit more of a sample size uh, to work with before I really cast judgment. He did actually look pretty decent in his last couple of games. His injury was unfortunate, so hoping for a speedy recovery from him, and uh, you know he'll be able to rejoin in a month or so. But, of course, the last report card that we're going to do is going to be the coaching staff, which is probably the most exciting one, and we'll talk about how Bones and company are doing in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked on Jets. We are wrapping up our quarterly progress report cards with the Jets. Uh, you know, we're about, what, a little over 25% of the way through the season. And we've talked about all of the Jets skaters. It's now time to talk about um, the coaching staff. And, you know, for, for Bones, I'm going to give him an A-. I think with how things have been, an A- is is a good assessment of how far the Jets have progressed, how much room there is to grow and what the sort of vibes impact he's had on this team uh, you know, can be, can be quantified as I think he's really restored Winnipeg's uh, enthusiasm for hockey. I think he's restored the team's excitement and passion. You know, a lot of the players fight for the badge on every single shift. Shifley is back checking. Connor is back checking. Everyone seems to really be buying into whatever bones philosophy is in the locker room. And I think That, for me, is already a massive improvement. Tactically, you know, for the most part, Bones has shown us uh, some things that we've seen with Dallas and some things that he was also preaching when he came to the Jets uh, on his first initial hiring. You know, he said he wanted to be aggressive with the defenders, and that's kind of what we've seen with guys jumping uh, at the blue line, looking to pinch off opponents aggressively in the neutral zone, and a lot of offensive activations. You know, where I kind of wonder... um, it starts to become a question of, you know, once you have a lead, right, he has had a tendency to turtle and sometimes he did turtle with the wrong players. He quickly got away from that. Once he realized actually that's going to cause us to concede Uh, the Carolina game being a very good example of what happens when you turtle with the the top six for like five minutes, things go pretty poorly. Um, But since then he's definitely learned. He got away from using Lowry and Appleton in overtime uh, to start off with, which I think is, I mean, it's a small thing, right? But it does show that he is willing to kind of go against some of his decisions and maybe look at everything that he's doing from a fresh perspective each time, which I think is fantastic. Um, Now, the PK, the PK for this team, one of the biggest sore spots over the last, uh, well, I, I can't even say last several years. It's basically been a problem since the Jets first arrived. And the PK has legitimately gotten better to the point where it's closer to average than it is. Uh, you know, poor. Right. And I think that is a huge improvement. It's still not perfect. And in some games, you know, the Jets do drop back a little bit too deeply and give uh, opposing shooters a lot of space to pick corners, but it's much better than it was in previous seasons. So I give the coaching staff uh, a fair, decent amount of credit for that. Where I'm kind of going to ding them a little bit and where I was kind of on the fence about maybe a B plus being more appropriate is the power play. Uh, It has looked a little bit better recently, thanks to some better puck movement and some different kind of uh, passing angles and stuff that I think are a lot more of what we were asking for, but it's still not amazing. I think the power play has more room to grow. I think that it could be one of the most lethal units with a couple of key changes, like maybe putting Perfetti on that first unit. I, I think that there are some simple adjustments they could make, um, to at least help their cause, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking to try and find more avenues to scoring goals. And I think with the sort of weapons that the jets have, uh, to load up on that first power play unit, I think they can do even better than what we've seen with their recent improved form. So overall, you know, I think a B plus would probably be, um, the most sensible choice, but my heart's just going to go with a minus. So I think the coaching staff's done a really good job. I think they still have a lot of work to do, but so far, you can't really argue with the returns. I'd be curious to know what you think of the coaching staff's job. Assign me your letter grade below and give me your thoughts if you have any, or you can just drop the letter grade if that's all. Either way, totally fine with me. But uh, thanks again for you know sitting with us to start the season. It's been really exciting, and I can't wait to jump into the post-holiday stuff and see how Winnipeg continues to take shape under Rick Bonus and his staff. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Uh, Obviously, next week is going to be Christmas, so I don't quite know what my schedule for recording is going to be, but we'll try and figure it out as we go along. Hopefully have our daily uh, podcasts for as many days as we can. Um, You know, Christmas is what, the following Monday or something? So, uh, you know, the the holiday week, it's always a challenge. But either way, we're going to keep giving you as much content as we can. And we always thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're here, though, I just wanted to recommend that you make your next listen locked on sports today. It brings you the biggest stories of the day, plus big game recaps, incident reactions, and our famous take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.